Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banter Boys podcast. My name is Sanji. With me is Matthew. How you doing, boy? Doing good, thank you. Yeah, excited to uh, be on the podcast. I'm more excited to finally have a proper Scouse accent on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what what brings you to to the states? Because you're currently recording an EST time zone. I'm in in the British time zone. Um, I mean, we we could save it for the fan introduction, right? So may- maybe we should, right? Um, but before we get into the fan introduction, I want to quickly do our social plugs. I need to do my job a little bit um, because Ross isn't here. Uh, so uh, if you're listening to this podcast, thank you so much. You know, welcome. Uh, we cover everything fan tracks related. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at banterb. Uh, we're on Discord as well. Our draft PL channel is six five eight five, which I still need to build out. You know, I've had some requests about that. So we'll, we'll maybe get working on that this season. Uh, you can find us on Reddit as well, u forward slash banter underscore boys. And we share all our podcasts on anchor.fm and sometimes YouTube, depending on my level of laziness. But you can find us basically on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and more. But yeah, that's it. And without further ado, let me do fan introduction. So tell us your name, your Twitter handle, the club that you're going to be representing tonight, where you're from, and what do you do? You know, a little tidbit about yourself. So my name is is Matty. Um, my Twitter handle is at mstevo91. And the club I'm going to be representing tonight is, of course, Everton. Uh, I am originally from just outside of Liverpool. Grew up as an Everton fan. My granddad supported Everton and my dad, so it's kind of like a family thing. Uh, but now I live in uh, in Michigan, in the United States. Yeah, how did that happen? Like, wh- why did you jump across the pond? <laughs> so I used to come out here to work at a summer day camp during the summers. And I met my wife out here. Um, we did long distance for a few years and then got married. So ended up over here. What? And you're missing out on all the football. Does she know that she eventually has to move back to the UK then? It's uh, it's actually shown more on the TV here. They show every single game. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's kind of well, crazy. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely a benefit. I remember when I first moved to the UK and people were like, yeah, we don't show the 3 p.m. games. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, what, what is this madness? Like, we're in the country that the game is being played and you're not advertising it. That's not allowed to show silly. it, yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, but... That is silly. Well, I mean, that's also a good reason to kind of stay out there. And you probably have better weather than the UK on the average day, right? A little bit, yeah, it's a little bit, summers are a little bit warmer, winters are a little bit colder, so it it evens out. So, do you get snow where you are? Yes, oh yeah. Yeah, okay. Do you you like that versus, like, the cold, wet (laughs) UKs? Uh, The snow's not bad at first, gets a bit boring after a while, I guess. (laughs) No, like, it just cancels plans rather than, you know, becomes anything useful, so. For sure. We get quite a bit of it. So Ross, uh, our other like co-host um, out here, he lives in Canada, and every oh, nice. every time winter hits, he's always starting the podcast about how depressing winter is because they get a fuck ton of snow, right? Yeah, oh um, yeah. <laughs> they probably can't even get out of the house. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, so listeners, uh, if you're new to the segment, um, basically what we've been doing for the preseason is interviewing a fan from every club in the Premier League, but. They also play fan tracks, right? So 
we'll give you a breakdown of how we're going to be doing this episode. Uh, we typically do general discussion where we talk about the impact of any new manager or ownership, which I think in this case is pretty fucking relevant. Um, new club, um, sorry, the previous season performance, the new season's expectations, which is going to be very exciting to hear from an Everton perspective. Old assets versus new assets, expected formation such as starting 11, um, the impact of the five subs that fucking world cup um and also we'll definitely dig into the draft side of things we'll find out matthew's first pick from everton his next three picks and at least one hidden gem and then round things off with his opinion on how he does his trades let's get started so frank lampard i mean i'm a chelsea fan right so i'm like when i when i first started like hearing about chelsea and stuff I constantly heard about, oh, Frank Lampard, Frank Lampard. And the thing is, we have a totally different experience when you grew up outside of England being introduced to football, right? We kind of predominantly learn about, like, you know, the European clubs, that sort of thing. So when I heard Frank Lampard was coming back into the EPL, I was excited. Like, he's, like, one of one of my favorite players from Chelsea, right? What are your thoughts about him? Like, how, how has he done so far? I mean, obviously mission accomplished he kept you in the league right but do you think that he can kind of kick on from here like what are your thoughts about that i think he's still got a lot to learn as a manager obviously he's still pretty early on in his his managerial career he came in last year and tried to implement a style of football of playing out from the back doing it his way he quickly realized i think that we don't have the, the players to do that yeah um and Credit to him, he wasn't stubborn. He changed his ways, and he basically did what he did, did what he could, and what he had to do to to keep us in the league, which you know was um, in the end was successful. I think he's going to want to at some point go back to that style of play that he prefers, that he wants to. He tried to implement implement when he first came in, so that'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if that. Is like affecting our summer transfers with the players we bring in, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I, I think he speaks well, Lampard. He comes across as like a as a decent guy. So, you know, the jury is still out a little bit on him. We'll have to see how the season goes. He has the full backing of the support. I've not seen the support kind of this united over a manager maybe since Moyes or the early days of Roberto Martinez. So. That's a positive, especially after our the manager before Lampard. So yeah, no, it's early days. There's, you know, there's a, there's ambition there, but there's also a bit of caution. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything is better than Rafa Benitez, right? I mean, quick, quick two cents about how what that was like. That must have been painful, right? Rafa, yeah, he, you know, he wasn't anyone's first choice. I don't think. Not even mm. the people who appointed him. He can't have been the f- their first choice. Yeah, you know he came in, and he's automatically going to get the backing of the fans because we want what's best for the club at the end of the day. Yeah, but he was always starting off on the back foot. He was always a couple of defeats away from impending doom. I feel, and yeah, you know, he didn't help himself. Injuries kind of you know came into, but yeah, he should have been uh, sacked a few months before. He eventually was, I feel like. So, 
yeah, it's just uh, as, as, I mean, it made it even worse going from Carlo Ancelotti to Benitez. Yeah. Too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even the way Carlo left, it was kind of a sour taste in the mouth. Like, don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, he's doing what's best for his own life and his own career, right? And listen, Carlo was uh, like. I was I was so excited to see Carlo back in the league, especially at a club like Everton. Like I remember, there there um, he had such like swaggerific moments. Like um, when you guys had scored a goal or something, he was like sipping a cup of tea or something yeah. like that. I just kept sipping it. <laughs> like there was there was this uh, yeah there was this suaveness about him that um, yeah it would have been very very exciting to see where where that could have gone. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It was. You know, he attracted big names to James Rodriguez. Yeah. You know, th- those types of players. Richarlison yeah. was was happy to stay and play under him. Yeah. But, I mean, when Real Madrid come knocking, I think I'd, I'd have even left Everton to go to Real Madrid, <laughs> you know. So, uh, I can't blame him. I would have liked him to stay. But, you know, it just shows well they ended up winning the Champions League. So, it's... Yeah. Uh, and we ended up just about staying up. So, the, the gulf between the two clubs is enormous. For sure. Um, quick thoughts about your uh, owner, Mushiri, um, Bill Kenwright, chairman. Um, as a fan, like, how do you feel about these guys running the club? I think Mushiri is, you know, he's coming. He was the money we were looking for, you know, the days under Moyes and all that kind of stuff. We were spending small amounts of money utilizing the loan market. So it was, you know, it was appreciated at first. You know, the recruitment was was poor to say the least. Mm. Spending X amount of money, overspending X amount of money. Sorry, on players who had no sell-on value. Your Gilfie Sigurdsons, your Theo Walcotts, you know, um, your Yannick Balassis, all good players probably in the on the day, but all late twenties, approaching the thirties. You know, I think we ended up. For those three players, we ended up losing them for for nothing. Eventually, yeah. got no transfer fees for them. We probably spent close to a hundred million for those three players, which is outrageous, yeah. to be honest. Um, yeah. So you know, Mashiri's come in. He's we'd like probably some more communication between him and and the fans. Um, Bill Kenwright, I think he is just scared of letting go. He wants like his finger in the pa- the Everton pie. Yeah, and he doesn't want to relinquish that, even though he, you know, financially probably doesn't offer much to the to the board now. He, I think we're one of the poor, most poorly ran clubs in the Premier League. Um, so it, they need to let the the footballing people do get down to the jobs. Kevin Thelwell, etc. Just you know, and Lampard, let them handle the football side of things, and yeah. hopefully, Mishiri stays out of of transfers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, let's move on now to uh, club's previous season performance versus the new season <laughs> expectations, right? Um, yeah. So Lampard came in, you guys were in 16th place, four points above the relegation zone, right? Uh, yep. I mean, eventually he guides you guys to safety, but you still ended up finishing the season in 16th place, right? Having scored only 43 goals and conceding... 66 of them which is a massive massive concern right because that was i think uh the 17th maybe oh, is it 16th twist um maybe conceded goals as well but um yeah it's 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 definitely a great um 
<laughs> area of concern. And also, your, your goal scored is also in the bottom half of the table, maybe even bottom quarter. But um, what, what were your thoughts on the se- season? Were you just happy to finally be safe in that sense, you know, after winning 3-2 versus Crystal Palace, where I'm sure you would have watched that game. Absolutely, yeah. I um, I watched it whilst working from home, essentially. Um, were you even so, working? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't want to say, I don't know who's listening. So, <laughs> fair enough, um, fair enough. But the overall feeling after last season was just relief, really. Yeah. I feel like the, the pitch invasion, you know, we weren't celebrating staying in the Premier League. It was just sheer relief. Yeah. Um, because I think financially, you know, we're not in the best position with FFP. Yeah. If we had been relegated from the Premier League, it would have got even worse. We would have, we've already lost one big asset this summer. It would have been all of them, all of our best players would have probably um, been sold. So, yeah, no, it was relief. And, you know, Lampard came in and we were 16th and we ended up finishing 16th. So it kind of, it, I think it can get lost a little bit in tran- in that translation where it's people are saying did Lampard actually do a good job? I think he. I think if Benitez would have stayed in charge, we wouldn't have stayed up. Yeah. I think the simply because the such a gap between the fans and the manager. Yeah. Whereas you saw towards the end of the se- end of the season with the the coach welcomings and the atmosphere, especially at Leicester away was second to none. You know, yeah. the fans kept the fans kept the, the team up last year. It, yeah. It's simple as that. Yeah. I don't think we'd never have seen that under Benitez. So it was worth bringing in Lampard for just for that, I guess. Second of all, I feel like, you know, the goals why, you know, the, the goal stat for and against 43 goals, obviously not great. Mm. Um, big portion that I think was down to Dominic Calvert-Lewin not playing for most yeah. of the season. You know, 100%. he he came back. Benitez rushed him back, I feel like. He was yeah. he probably knew he was, you know, close to getting getting the boot. So he I think he rushed Calvert Lewin back because the Rondon's not a not a, a decent backup. Rushed him back and it didn't get much match, match fitness. You could tell he was wasn't a patch of the player he was the season before. I feel like towards the end of the season, he started to gain that fitness back a little bit. He got on the score sheet a couple of times. So, you know, injuries played a big part in that. Defensively, I think just lack of quality, I feel. Um, Seamus Coleman, been a great servant for the club, should have been replaced about three years ago. Probably knows that himself. Yeah. So, still playing week in, week out, captain of the club. Yeah. At the centre backs, you know, our best centre back is Yerry Mina, in my opinion. Yeah. The guy can't stay fit, you know, yeah. plays plays one game, misses four. Yeah. yeah. And then the other ones, Michael Keane, you know, not 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 good enough, I guess. Yeah. Holgate the same. Ben Godfrey yeah. is, you know, a little better, but again, su- suffered with injuries. Yeah. And then the left back situation. So, you know, we course had had Luca Dean. Yeah. Who has been, you know, one of the better players over the last few years, I feel. And then we sold him because he didn't get along with the manager, but then sacked the manager three days later. <laughs> so, yeah. I yeah. mean, it just goes back to the point about how poorly uh, ran the club is. Yeah. And then, but, you know, we brought in Mikolenko, who's a bit raw, um, yeah. obviously coming in at a, a difficult time for the club because we're basically 
not in a good run of form at the wrong yeah. end of the table, and yeah. also probably not an easy time for him with the with the stuff that was going on in in the Ukraine. So mm, yeah, again, I feel like he he bedded in more towards the end of the season. Scored a great goal at Leicester, was mm. kind of finding his feet a little bit. So, um, yeah, I just think the defense needs a needs a bit of work. I'm hoping that Lampard can kind of fill a few holes there um, this summer and maybe mm. shift shift some of the deadwood like Keane or, or Holgate maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's kind of now go into new season expectations, right, before we jump into all the assets. So one of the things that we're, I think, want to, like, passing around, like, maybe not just f- football community, but, like, fantasy gaming community was the recent performance... Um, by Everton versus Minnesota United, you know, a team out in the States. You guys lost 4-0, and everyone was kind of going wild about it. Oh, God, what the fuck is happening? Everton's losing 4-0, da-da-da. Um, so, like, having seen that, um, and I mean, don't get me wrong, you guys um, got a win versus Blackpool in your most recent game as well, right? 4-2. Yes, But yeah. what is your... Uh, expectations for next season is it literally again just stay up and fix things moving forward or are you expecting them to kick on because we can kind of maybe talk about some of the assets as as well moving forward because you've signed three decent players i want to say in this window so far right um yeah so where do you expect everton is gonna go now i think expectations for this season i don't think too much can be expected i think that's where We've gone wrong in the past, I feel, with, oh, you know, we're definitely a top seven side, top six side. I think, honestly, this year, I'd snap your hand off for top 10, if I'm honest. Mm, yeah. I think if we get that, I think that'll be a, a good achievement, which is, you know, still not a great achievement, but compared to last season, I think we'll probably finish somewhere between 10th and 14th, if I yeah. had to make a guess. Yeah, that sounds fair. You know, yeah, yeah. we've we've lost Richarlison, who was, um, I think, was was our best player, mm. and you know we we have brought some new signings in. Whether we'll, you know Richarlison did score, you know he was double figures goals every season. That's something mm. we're gonna have to replace, or someone's gonna have to step up to the plate and and fill that gap. But yeah, with the with, with the Minnesota United thing too. So we played Arsenal the weekend before, and Lampard played. Different system. He played the five at the back with the wing backs, and then against Minnesota, he played. He went to a four at the back. So, you know, the MLS is is definitely nowhere near quality wise of the of the of the Premier League. Getting beat to them four. You know, if we'd have lost the game and it would have been close, I w- it would have been okay with that. They're in the middle of the season. Match yeah. fitnesses. You know, they're all match fit. It was our second game. Mm. To lose in the way we did, though. Yeah, with a strong team out, yeah, was was kind of embarrassing to be honest. Um, yeah. and I wonder, I, I I'm wondering if that'll change Lampard's mind when it comes to his uh, are we going to set us up this season formation wise? Yeah. So how did you guys um shape up versus Blackpool then? Was it back to a back five then? He went to back to a back five against um Blackpool. Yep. Yeah, he played. I believe it was Patterson. Right wing back, Mina, Godfrey, and I want to say maybe Holgate. I'm not too sure. But then Mikalenko at left wing back. Okay. Um. So he went back to the five, and when we played Arsenal, we played the five. We didn't really have much going forward. But again, Arsenal yeah. are a superior team, so 
Yeah, they looked amazing you know, and they kicked our ass 4 0. So, <laughs> right. You know, we're not expecting much of the ball against them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he went back to the five against Blackpool. Still conceded yeah. two pretty poor goals, to be honest. Another goal from a set piece. Yeah. So, again, stuff that definitely stuff that needs to be addressed before the, the season starts in, in just over a week's time. Okay, um, let's dive in then into the um, assets, right? Uh, I kind of want to go as far back as January 2022. Um, and I want to go through maybe outs, uh, obviously talk about the ins. But just to say, um, I'll, I'll maybe only talk about the big names uh, and the outs, right? The fans, the ones that the fans might recognize. And, you know, just have a quick say, you know, how much of a loss you think it might be. Um, obviously, Luca Dean can't speak highly enough of this guy right um french international on most set pieces fantastic corner kick taker i mean fantastic fan tracks asset as well right yeah absolutely. um you you must be gutted to see him have left the club right it was disappointing because i think everyone knew at the time the manager wasn't going to be around much longer either and that yeah. was the, basically his reason for going yeah you know his his format dipped a little bit this past season um maybe towards the end of the last season but I think he was a, a victim of his own success. Really, he was he set mm. such high standards previous, and the transition from from Leighton Baines, who was superb for us, to him was kind of seamless. Um, so mm. that that's the as big a compliment as I, as I can pay him. Yeah. But he, I thought, you know, in this five at the back now, with you know playing him as a left wing back, I think he would he'd have thrived there. His delivery yeah. into the into the box is is very good, and you know it's a kind of disappointing to see him leave but you know the money we got for him we kind of used to sign a couple of, of new fullbacks who yeah. are a little bit younger and you know probably not on not on as much wages so for sure um what about um gabamen um i think i'm pronouncing that right right John yeah, yeah. Gabamen. um he he never really got a proper run because his time has been so injury ridden right uh he went off to loan at csk moscow um is he now back at the club and you expecting him to play this season he's back at the club now i think he signed he's been with us now for probably at least three years i think he's i think he's played there's some kind of crazy start like he's played five games for everton and each one has been under a different manager. That is something mental. like that. He's just—he's very injury prone. He—he he had a—he had a, a bad injury himself. I think he did something similar to what Calvert Lewin did last year when he first mm. signed for us. It was a um, a thigh problem, I believe. And um, mm. again, since then, he's just kind of everything. Every you know, every injury you name, he's probably had it. I think he missed a game last year because his wisdom teeth were coming through. Uh, or he had them removed or something, and that's that's like the truth, you know. I, I'm not like kind yeah. of making that up. <laughs> so it's just he's he's a big guy, you know. Yeah. Um, he w might be perfect for that number six role that Lampard's trying to get a player in for. Yeah, w whether he's up to speed at the Premier League, I don't know. You know, yeah. he went to CSK Moscow and did okay, yeah. uh, but again, CSK Moscow playing it week in, week out in the Russian league. I don't know how, if that's going to be good uh, comparison for playing in the Premier League week in, week out. So if he can stay fit, he'll be an option. But And he might be able to offer us something that none of the other centre midfielders can. So we'll have to see. I Hopefully he stays fit and we can see a bit more of him this year. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's now talk about the ins that you had in that January window. Um, 
There are a couple of lone ones that I'll start with. Uh, El Ghazi that came in from Aston Villa and Donny van der Beek that came in from Manchester United. Neither really had an impact um, as well. Maybe Donny had a better impact, I'd say, yeah, than sure, El Ghazi, yeah. right? Um, oh, but are you... Yeah, uh, El Ghazi was... Yeah, just non-existent. <laughs> no, like he was... He was a... A joke. That was that was some kind of joke. Mashiri's yeah. friends with yeah. his agents or something, yeah. and it was almost like Aston Villa couldn't afford to pay Luca Dean's wages, so we took El Ghazi off them to free up some money. Right. Okay, I, okay. I, I I don't think he started one game. He maybe came off the bench twice. He wasn't even yeah. on the bench some yeah. of the games. Yeah. Um. So that was a pointless, completely yeah. pointless signing. Yeah. Van der Beek came in, looked looked good early on. You know, yeah. he was positive. Yeah. Good energy in the middle of the field, but then again suffered suffered an injury. Yeah, missed the final. Yeah, I think five of the last six games scored in the last game of the season, of course, yeah. but not enough to um, again for, for us to kind of pursue signing him. And plus, United might be looking at using him a bit more this year with with Ten Hagen. Yeah, and the Ajax two point oh. Yeah, yeah, he'll be be thriving. Yeah. Okay, let's now move on to more permanent signings. Deli Ali coming in from Spurs. Again, I want to say another player that didn't really truly have a proper impact on the club, but I mean he was part of that famous 3-2 win over Crystal Palace, right? He came on as a sub when you guys were 2-0 down. I don't know if he changed the tide of things, but do you think there's any chance we can see the Deli Ali of old? He he for sure changed the game I think when he came on against Crystal Palace. He was um positive and, you know, he's still young too. I think he's 24, 25, which it seems crazy because he's been around for years. Yeah. If we can get, you know, 60, 70% of what he was when he was in his prime, like in his prime, I guess, at, at Spurs, he's he's going to be valuable to us. He could be the guy who fills in, you know, the gap left by Richarlison goals-wise. Mm. We know he's, you know, decent in, in, in the area and... He's got a few good assets. He's good in the air. You know, he kind of gets into those scoring positions. So, excited for Deli Ali. I think it's just his commitment that might be an issue. But I think Lampard is big fan, so willing to give him a chance. But yeah, I just, it depends how, I think he's, he's how Ali fits in, I think is dependent on the formation Lampard plays. I think if he plays a five at the back, I can't see him playing as much. If he plays a four-three-three, I think he might get a more of a chance to play as one of those three centre midfielders. Okay, interesting. Uh, what about these fullback options? Nathan Patterson uh, came in from Rangers. Uh, again, didn't get a chance to make an impact. Then got injured when he was finally fit. Now with the injury to Coleman, started the season, and obviously Coleman needs to kind of hang up his boots or slow at least hang up one boot <laughs> like he's, yeah, he's, he's right. getting to that age right um do you think we're gonna see more of patterson now south of the season or for the rest of the season even yeah i think he's gonna i think he's gonna start the season um as the first choice right wing back if we play five at the back um he yeah he came in last season paid a decent amount of money for him some good reports from rangers regarding him um and then I think he played forty-five minutes against Boreham Wood in the FA Cup, and hmm. and then he was he got injured, missed the rest of the season. But he he looks okay going forward. You know, maybe a little bit not not great defensively. Um, the Arsenal game, he had a bit of a tough time against Gabriel Martinelli, but 
you know, he's a Martinelli's a decent player. Yeah. So yeah, very much so. You know, he he won't be the only fullback he gives problems to this year. So yeah, yeah. he looked good uh, the other day. He I think set up two goals against Blackpool. Seems like he's got bundles of energy getting up and down that right hand side. So he might eventually be a be a perfect fit for that right wing back role. But I I think Lampard's definitely going to give him give him his chance this season. Okay, brilliant. Um, and now let's round things off in January with uh, Mikalenko. Um, he was, I would say, the one that had the most impact out of the group of players that we um, talked about, right? And also had some very clutch moments, right? Scoring that goal as well uh, that we kind of mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, do you think uh, he's going to play a big part as well moving forward? And do you think you'd consider him as like maybe the most viable Fantrax assets out of the ones we've listed? Out of the yeah, I, you know, I think out of the ones we've listed for, from the January transfers, I think Mikolenko's going to be the one who maybe plays the most. He's going to be mm. the most, you know, um, kind of uh, permanent fixture in the team. Yeah, I think he's going to be maybe relying on points wise. He might be relying on a bit of more defensively. He's not as gr- as good going forward as. As what Luca Dean was, but he again he he scored on Sunday too against Blackpool. Yeah. Okay, so maybe he's improving a little bit going forward. Maybe they've been working on that. You've got two top left backs at the club and on the coaching staff in Leighton Baines and, and Ashley Cole. So mm. who who better to to learn off? So he uh, he might be a bit better going forward this year. So I won't be surprised if he gets some um, returns, some some uh, assists or some some goals. Yeah. But yeah, I think he's gonna be um, him and Patterson too. Maybe might might surprise a few okay. fantasy points wise. Okay. All right. Uh, let's quickly move on to the summer uh, window, the most recent one, the one that we're living in currently. Um, so some of the out names, right? Uh, you can quickly say, you know, oh well, you know, wasn't really gonna. We're not going to miss him or, you know, obviously big part. And uh, I mean, some of them are going to be obvious, right? Uh, Richarlison, it's obvious, off the space. Huge loss. Yeah. Huge loss, right? Yeah. Um, John Joe Kenny. I think would have been good cover, but ultimately not good enough. So maybe, you know, not, not, too, not too, uh, too fussed about losing him. Okay. Uh, what about Joao Virginio? Again, you know, we've got... Um, Goalkeeper wise, I don't think he would have made much of an impact. Pickford yeah, yeah. is a pretty pretty much a mainstay in the team. Okay, so I'm gonna race through these names and I feel like only one of them is gonna be kind of relevant. Uh Harry Tyra, Ryan Astley, Tyler Onyango, and Jared Branthwaite. Yeah, I um Branthwaite is, you know, probably the, the one who's got the most potential there for me, the one who's probably made the most first team appearances. I kind of excited for him you know he's gone to PSV on loan so I think he could learn a lot there you know if he's playing week in week out I think Lampard is happy with the amount of of centre defenders we have at the club so good for him to go go out and get some regular playing time Um, so again but none of those though I don't think are going to be uh, like leave a hole in the team Okay, now let's move on to the ins. Uh, Ruben Vinagre coming from Sporting on loan. Uh, is he just going to be backup? Because I feel like he's good enough to start for you guys. He probably, I think, is definitely going to come in as backup. Um, you know, having a bit of competition in that, that area is not, not a bad thing. And I think if, if we didn't bring someone in as competition, if Mikolenko did get injured, 
we'd be struggling. We'd probably end up playing Ben Godfrey at left back again, which yeah, I don't think is his most ideal position. Yeah. So definitely a bit of competition. Again, I think he's someone who can play as a as a left back and a left wing back, which is you know important if Lampard's gonna switch between these two roles this season, yeah. these two formations. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. Okay. James Tarkowski, big name coming in from Burnley. You've got to be excited because you guys have cry, been crying out for a proper centre-back. Yeah, no, um, from what I've seen of him so far, definitely definitely going to be a starter for us. Um, was a bit nervous about signing another centre-defender from Burnley after after Michael Keane. Yeah. So, um, But so far, so good. Definitely going to be starting... Um, been kind of impressed by how he is on the ball. Wasn't expecting that coming from someone, you know, coming from Burnley, where he he didn't kind of get that, you know, ball playing uh, football much, you know. So impressed of how good he is with his feet. Um, definitely going to be a starter for Everton this season if he stays fit. Okay, and finally, the most recent one that I believe came in today, Dwight McNeil, as well from Burnley. Yep, again, I think he's um good signing, pretty versatile across that midfield, good energy. Unsure of where he's going to fit in if we play a, similar to Deli Alley, if we play a five at the back, maybe he's going to occupy one of the wing spots um, along with Anthony Gordon, I'd, I'd imagine. Um, but yeah, if we play the, the 4-3-3, I think he's definitely got more of a chance of playing, but yeah, good signing. Young doesn't kind of, you know, goal scoring has been a bit, you know, not not really there for him. And it's just, I think he got one assist last year and no goals. But fantasy wise, he he puts up the points. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's a a good uh, a good sign if you if not relying on goals and assists. For sure, for sure, awesome. No. Let us go into expected formations starting 11. All these ins and outs, you know, there's been a lot of chop and change at Everton um, these past few weeks, let's say. Um, how do you think you guys are going to line up then? I th- After these three preseason games that we've played so far, I think Lampard, especially the first game against Chelsea, mm-hmm. is going to go to the 5-4-1, the I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll, obviously, Pickford is the... Is is going to be playing the goalkeeper? Yeah. Right wing back probably Patterson, and then yep. if everyone's fit, three centre backs are probably going to be Tarkowski, yeah, Mina, yeah, and probably uh, Ben Godfrey, I'd yep. say. And then left wing back is going to be uh, Mikolenko, and then across the midfield, this is a, a tough one really because I feel the centre midfield is massively up for grabs. I think Anthony Gordon will definitely occupy um, either the left midfield or right midfield role. Mm-hmm. And I think definitely what this, one of the centre midfielders will be uh, Decore. But then mm-hmm. where it, the other two spots are kind of up for grabs. Damari Gray um, yeah. is in contention. McNeil could yeah. occupy that right wing spot. And then um, Alex Awobi too, who, you know, mm-hmm. did Keep really well machine. on the Lampard. <laughs> right, yeah, you know, so... Um, Maybe he might occupy the middle of midfield with Decore. I don't know if that's enough cover against someone like Chelsea. So, yeah. Preseason, he's been playing Tom Davis quite a bit. I don't know if Tom Davis is kind of the the quality standard we're looking for. Mm. And then, you know, we have other Gabamin we've mentioned and 
Alan, not not a huge fan of Alan. Um, yeah, I don't don't know if Lampard is either. He hasn't hasn't um, played much in the preseason. Didn't play much towards the end of last season. Seems mm-hmm. a bit slow for me. And um, yeah, yeah, not agile enough for the Premier League. And then of course up front, Dominic, Cal- you know Calvert Lewin picks himself. Yeah. yeah. Um. So now that Richarlison has left, I would assume Calvert Lewin is nailed for penalties. Then, I'd imagine so. Yeah, I think. Um, even before Calvert Lewin got injured last year, he he scored two penalties. I think in his first the first three Premier League games last year, so and that was with Richarlison on the pitch. Mm. So I think he was on on penalties um, anyway. I think it stuck with Richarlison towards the end because he he scored a couple. You know his last few. And I think Calvert Lewin missed one against Brighton when he came mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd say Calvert Lewin's probably nailed on for the penalties. Okay. Brilliant. Um, so now let's kind of talk about uh, the impacts of the five subs, uh, the World Cup. Um, do you sit, which side of the fence do you kind of sit on with the five subs, right? Um, the fact that, okay, it's going to help my club or this is purely just for the, the big European clubs? It's, it's From my point of view, it's purely for the big European clubs. Yeah. You know, we're playing, they are playing more games, but it's a, it's a bit different when Man City are bringing on Foden, Grealish, you know, <laughs> yeah. Mares, and, and yeah. we're bringing on, you know, yeah. Tom Davis, Rondon, you know. Yeah. I feel like, it, you know, I, I'm I'm okay with the five subs rule if there's some kind of rule implemented where, you know, two of the five have to be academy products. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That kind That's of, you know, that kind point. of stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but yeah, no, it's, it's purely for the big clubs. You know, you, the managers who are moaning about it, Klopp, you know, um, yeah, Klopp mo- moans about so many things, man. Oh, Klopp moans about you know either it, he'd start a fight in a in a phone box club on his own. <laughs> he's just a yeah, he's not my type of guy. But he uh, he was the big kind of advocate for it, and you know mm. whatever he wants, I don't. So um, yeah, that just kind of helped me make my decision. Yeah, a little easier. But uh, yeah, no, I think it's it's definitely gonna benefit the big clubs more. Okay, um, so the World Cup, you guys have assets going off to the Qatar? I don't think we have many. Um, mm. Off the top of my head, Pickford yeah. and maybe Calvert-Lewin. Okay, you know, maybe. If he, yeah. if he can you know, get fit. I know he was pretty much in there as backup to Kane mm. in the Euros last year after having a good season. I think if he can rediscover that form, he might be a shoo-in again. I think he offers a little bit more than your your Watkins and your mm. Callum Wilsons. Um so yeah, I think mainly just those two. I know Ukraine didn't qualify and um I don't think we have anyone else who's probably good enough either to play for the country or the country's not qualified, so Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Let's move on now to the fan favorite segment, the draft portion of the podcast. Who's your first pick from Everton? I feel like it's obvious. Yeah, first pick for me um, would be uh, Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. 100%. I think he, in the first three games last year, he did score in each one, but he was, mm-hmm. I think, averaging around 20 points a game. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Ur- the Urials are a big, big thing. You know, if he, uh, so he's going to be the main guy. He's going to be on penalties. Yeah. He's probably going to play every minute possible. The downside of him is a little bit he he has been picking up little little injuries here and there. Mm. Didn't play at Blackpool on Sunday because he 
precaution, precautionary injury. So mm. he that might be a little bit of a downside. I kind of hope they don't kind of stop him from playing. Mm-hmm. So if he plays, you know, you saw with him the season before last and the, the start of last season, what he can do fantasy-wise. So yeah, um, Calvert-Lewin would be my first pick, definitely. Yeah, 2021 season, he was averaging 12.5 points per game, default scoring, uh, scoring over 400 fan tracks points. I mean, right. even when he came back from injury, when he was trying to, you know, keep the club up, um, I mean, it's a very, very tiny, tiny um, reference, but... 37, uh, give me 37, give me 38. Uh, he amassed like over 50 fantasy points. He was basically scoring over 17 per game. And he amassed 31 aerials, which was the first of all players out there, right? Um, so we know how much of an aerial machine he can be. So yeah, th- he's got a leap on him for sure. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. And I think it's what, half a point for an aerial? But if yeah, you, yeah. you win in 12 of them, you know, those yeah. six points might be the difference. Banking, ghost points, like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, who are your next three picks? So my next three picks for from Everton would be my next pick would be Anthony Gordon. Mm. I think he um, fantasy wise put up some good numbers last year. He had a lot of set pieces, and you know he's a he's definitely a favourite of Lampard's. You know how we saw Lampard play um, take a, a shine into to Mason mm. Mount at Chelsea. Yeah, feel like Anthony Gordon is um, the equivalent at at Everton. So, yeah, last season, you know, he again not too many goals and assists, but you know, some weeks he'll put up, you know, double figures um, without without a goal or assist. So if he can, you know, find his goal scoring touch this year, he might be a a, a decent decent um, asset to the team. Yeah, that's a great shout because um, uh, if you look at the data of last season from when Frank Lampard came in, which was January 31st, uh, Anthony Gordon is the top scoring Everton fan tracks asset with 157.5 points, right? Uh, I think second highest for key passes with 23 of them. So definitely in Frank Lampard's favorite books. Um, I'm just curious, bef- before we kind of move on with all the remaining three picks, where would you be drafting uh, DCL right now? DCL, I think, would go, I'd probably say around round five, maybe. Okay. I wouldn't be a, like against picking him ahead of the likes of Callum Wilson. Yeah. You know, I think he kind of offers Newcastle a similar team, maybe a little better. Mm. Callum Wilson's got, I think, definitely more injury problems than the one yeah. Calvert Lewin's had. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think in my home league, he went he went the end of round three in my oh, home wow. league. Yeah. Wow, was, that's super early was pretty high up, yes. Yeah. So yeah. um high he went before Watkins, Antonio, Ericsson. Wow, okay, okay. Yeah. Damn. I'd probably go Watkins, Ericsson, DCL then Antonio. Because Antonio has his injury issues as well, right? And now that West Ham have signed Skamaka, etc. Um yeah. Is, well Antonio a- he played a lot of games last year for for him. Antonio, yeah. you know, so yeah. Yeah. can he do that again this season? Yeah. I'm, I'm not too yeah. sure. Exactly. Um, okay, I'm back to Anthony Gordon quickly before we move on. Which round are you going to be drafting him in? I'd probably say it similar. Um, round five, six, seven, yeah. around that area. I think if you can get him around round seven, 
he would be that. I think that'll be decent value. He went round six in in in, in our draft. So okay. you know, he went around the like Michael Elise, Marcus yeah. Rashford area, which yeah. I think is probably about fair value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you it so your preseason games. Who's been taking the corners for you guys? I think it's Gordon's been taking um, okay. a few of them. Damari Gray when he plays takes some set pieces. Yeah, and. Mikalenko, I think, was taking some simply because he's left-footed. I think that there'll be few and far between now that yeah. the McNeil's in. I think he might take over any any left-footed set pieces. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Um. So, who's your second out of the three picks? So, the second one is going to be Tarkowski. Okay. He'll put up very good, very good numbers at Burnley. I feel maybe a different yeah. different style of play at Everton. But I think his, you know, he's still going to be having to do a bit of defensive work. Hopefully, we don't concede his sixty-six goals again this year. So that'll be <laughs> yeah. that'll be a bar, you know, that that'll be nice. So um, yeah, yeah, I think, and he, he's going to play. You know, as I said yeah. before, if he's if he's fit, he's going to play. Yeah. So whether it's a two two centre backs or three centre backs, he's going to be a starter. So yeah, I think he's going to put up some good numbers and. Michael Keane, when he played last year, put up some, you know, okay numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, you know, Tarkowski might might beat that. Yeah, I mean, Tarkowski over the last five seasons has scored at least 325, let's say, fan tracks points. Right. Yep. Basically averaging nine and a half points per game, right? He's even gone as high as like 12 points per game. Um, and yeah, I agree. He's going to have his work cut out for him in that Everton backline, playing as much as possible for them, right? Uh, which round would you be drafting him in then? Him? Um, because he's a defender. Maybe a little later again. Like I wouldn't take him before before Gordon. I'd probably go round seven, maybe mm-hmm. eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's good value for a defender, but we'll have to see how how we are. Maybe we're not as watertight at the back as what Burnley were, so yeah. that might impact his his uh, his scoring this year. So yeah, I'd probably take him around round seven, probably around the likes of. I don't know, defender-wise, Gabriel maybe from Arsenal. You know, I think he might score similar points. But Gabriel is fucking terrible at the ghost points. Like, why are people drafting him so early? I don't get that one. I think people might just be trying to think an Arsenal might keep some more clean sheets this year with a more solid solid back four, maybe. But I I don't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't touch him. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, and who's the final of the three picks? Final one for me was... So I I... Picked him before McNeil signed, so I put Damari Gray. Uh, okay, but I think it could be Damari Gray or McNeil. Okay, uh, we spoke before about McNeil. You know his yeah. his points were were pretty good last season without any goals or assists. Well, one yeah. assist. Sorry, Damari Gray. Um, get some get some good good points. You know dribbles, key passes, might be on some set pieces. Scored some, had a good goal scoring touch for a little bit last year. Whether his playing time might be affected by McNeil coming in, so that might drop him a little bit. But yeah, I'd say one of those two would be um, would be good value. Like a, if they if you can get them. 
Yeah, I mean, before Lam- um, Frank Lampard came in, uh, DeMar Gray was basically Benita's um, favorite kid, you know. Uh, he was the highest fan track scorer for Everton, 200 points, um, averaging around 10.5 points per game. I think he was also second highest for key passes before Frank Lampard came in. Um, I mean, he obviously saw more rotation once Frank came in, etc. He wasn't like as nail of a first choice, but, you know, you see that potential in him, right, of how explosive and useful of an asset he can be and we all know about Dwight uh, McNeil right regardless don't look at just the um maybe just the pure attacking returns because he was playing for a team like Burnley right but if he can maintain that ghost level points and then on top of that get attacking returns I think yeah you've got a fucking amazing asset on your hands all right let's move on to hidden gems well do you have one do you have two like what do you have up your sleeve so I wrote down uh, I wrote down a couple. Yeah, I got three or four of them. So um, yeah, I'd love to hear them. But my first one, main one, is is Alex Awobi. Yes, uh, yes, you know, yes, yes. Definitely, Lampard's definitely a fan. Uh, came in last year when Lampard came in. I think he averaged almost nine points a game. Yeah. Um, which was, I think, up there with Richarlison and Anthony Gordon. Yes, yes, yes. Very Highest positive. key passes as well with twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, doesn't get many, many doesn't didn't score many goals either. So um, I think he can he, he might definitely be a, a good one for for goals points. So yeah, Awobi's my first one. Again, playing time might be depending on the formation again. Um, yeah. So that might want to keep an eye on. But if he plays, he might be um, good good like a midfielder to you know get you some goals points. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, definitely. It will be was one of those uh, assets that I picked up as soon as I saw. I was like, what what, what are these points that are coming out of nowhere? And he, was, he wasn't he was even playing like um, as one of the attacking options, right? He was, I think, one of the number eights that was feeding the front three. So, yeah, his, his route to points were just amazing. And, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he can produce some of the same moving forward. Um, what are the yeah. other ones that you have then? So the other ones I I picked were um, the the wing backs so Patterson and Mikolenko. Again, we touched on them a little bit before. Patterson, I think, will offer some um, good points going forward if he can get some key passes. You know, Calvert Lewin can stay fit; he's got a target to aim for, and you know, you get points for successful crosses. And if it ends up being a shot on goal, obviously, it's a it's a key pass too. So. That might outweigh the goals we are going to concede. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> same for Mikolenko. I think Mikolenko might get, maybe get a few more defensive goals points. But again, yeah, in preseason, you know, he um, scored a goal, scored towards the end of last season, playing as a wing back. So, I think those two could be sneaky pickups. Really, um, might see a bit more from them this year. Okay, who else? And then my last one was was Deli Ali. Okay. So, again, if he can read it, it's a lot of ifs and buts, but yeah. if he can rediscover that that old form, you know, yeah. get a, you know, find his spot in the team, doesn't give Lampard a reason to drop him, he could be, you know, he might be a little more goal and assist dependent, but I think he could, um, he could be an asset. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick him up in any early rounds of the draft. Of course, he might be like a late wild card pickup but you know one to watch out for maybe okay 
excellent. Uh, now, before we move on to our final segment, do you have any other tidbits that you want to drop um, asset-wise, fan tracks-wise? In regards to Everton or just in, Everton, in general? Yeah, I mean, if you want general, but specifically Everton, is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, um, I think, yeah, we, I mean, we, we covered a lot of it. The, the main players who are gonna gonna make an impact. I think there might be some more incomings coming in. There's there's rumors about Ross Barkley coming back to the club. Oh, so okay. yeah, might be one to look out for. I picked him yeah, up in yeah, yeah. in one of my leagues just just in case. Okay. So he's put out some decent points before yeah. um, on, on fan tracks. So might be one to look out for. And I think you know maybe looking at some other players, some, some other incomings. I think there'll definitely be some incomings. So maybe some some players who are nailed on in the, in the team right now might not be mm-hmm. as much anymore, especially in the centre midfield area. I'd say maybe some outgoings. Um, so we'll have to wait and see if there's any any worthwhile fancy assets worth picking up. All right, interesting. Um, uh, yeah, I mean we could we could talk a little general quickly if you want. Like you said, you've already drafted uh, one of your leagues, right? Um, That's correct. Yeah. How, yeah. How, how did how did that go? What pick number were you? So I was I was it was a twelve man league and I was pick yeah. number three. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. who's your first pick? <laughs> I, I took I took Harry Kane. Excellent. Nice. Yeah, I want excellent pick. I want. I had a feeling I was going to get him or Son, and Son yeah. went second, so I took Kane. Um. So yeah, I was pretty happy with that to get a you know top uh, striker on the board early on. Yeah, because strikers are very rare this season, I find. Yeah, and it's 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 a. You you rolled the dice a little bit, I think, with you know Haaland's quality, but yeah. you know coming Injury over to the Premier League, well. yeah, Nunes, you know yeah. they might be great, but you know Ronaldo potentially leaving didn't really have too much. Chelsea don't really have a you know a main striker, so I don't know what the hell we have, man. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, forwards were definitely few and far between, so I was always going yeah. going forward in it for my first pick. I feel De Bruyne was still there, but I, I passed on him and took Kane. That's a that's a brave brave call. Was a brave lie. call, yeah. yeah so yeah. I, one, I, one I might live to regret. Uh, who knows, right? Uh, De Bruyne also has his fair share of injuries, and we've got a winter World Cup, so who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah, he's gonna be playing a lot of games this year. Yeah, well, same as Kane so. too, but you know, I yeah. just hope he uh, he stays fit. Yeah, hopefully, man. Well, I wish you the best of luck uh, moving forward. So now let's move Thank on you. to our. Uh, Final segment: trading assets. So, how long have you been playing for like Fantrax or Togo, whatever? Like, uh, we first started, I think, maybe around the 2015-16 season. Oh wow! Nice. Um, so nice. for a few years now, yeah, we um, kind of got bored of the official fantasy Premier League. Yeah, I get that. Towards the end of the season, everyone has the same players, and yeah. You know, so we did a. We found this draft alternative. Mm. And yeah, we've been playing ever since. We've now got a solid group of twelve guys who play. Some are in the UK, most of them are in the States. And yeah, it's a it's pretty competitive. You know, there's a some game weeks where it can get a little a little hot, and you know, a, <laughs> so the banter is real. <laughs> some crosswords are said, yeah. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then yes, yeah, so we've been playing for about what's that seven years now, maybe. Yeah. Excellent. Wow, that's awesome. All right, well, then I'm excited to hear what you have to say about your advice when it comes to trading. Do you look at form? Do you look at fixtures? Do you do one-for-one, two-for-one trades? Um, what's your secret sauce, Matthew? I try and do, you know, as everyone else, I feel like, 
you try and do the two for one and you try yeah. and give two mediocre players for a decent player and then pick someone up off the waiver wire essentially. Yeah. But I feel like they're the hardest trades to do. I much prefer to maybe look at um fixtures or form. I like to try and trade out someone who's, you know, maybe on a bit of bit of top form, knowing it won't last. See if there's any any takers. But yeah, mainly like a one for one, try and look at other people's teams to see if they have like double double team midfielders or double team strikers and see if I can use that mm. to kind of get a get a, a deal somewhere. But um yeah, I'm seen as as the one in, in um in our league as the 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 one who sends the bad trades. <laughs> so I swear friend, our last few fan correspondents have all said that exact same thing. Yeah. It's like, why do I keep finding all the baddies? Like <laughs> Right, yeah, no, I just, I mean I send what I think's fair, but you know, yeah. Someone's opinion, you know, everyone has an opinion, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they uh, they then decide I'm the devil and don't want to trade <laughs> with me. So is it because no, you've like, also won your league multiple times? Yeah, well, it's only I I won our playoffs uh, not last season, but the two seasons before that. I finished yeah. first one year too. Yeah. So it's it's um it all started a few years ago when this was probably two when 2017 maybe. Yeah. When Ian Nacho still played for for Manchester City and Aguero yeah. was injured and he was playing some games, and uh, my good friend Grant sent me a trade of offering me Christian Eriksen for Ian Nacho one for one. Wow. So of course, of course, I took that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever since then, I got I got a bad reputation, and <laughs> I, I just pressed accept. You know, so yeah, no, so yeah, trade wise, I think it's looking at form. I like to try and trade out a player who's in top form. Yeah. Thinking it won't last. And I like to look at the fixtures too. If anyone's got some like decent fixtures coming up or if anyone's got some terrible fixtures coming up, I'll try and try and get them out and get, get someone else in. All right. Sounds great. Well, listeners, that's all we had planned to talk about. Um, Matthew, this has been a fantastic discussion. Really appreciate your time coming on, chatting everything Everton. Uh, is there any final pieces of advice or anything you want to drop for the listeners uh, before we sign off? Um, no, th- th- yeah, thank you for having me on. You know, enjoyed talking about fantasy and, and Everton. So uh, we'll be giving you guys a listen throughout the season. I haven't got much else to say except uh, up the toffees and hopefully a bit better than last season. For sure, man. Wishing you, your club, your fantasy team, all the success this season. Yeah, can't wait to see what what, what we're in store for. Um, yeah, listeners, so that's it. Um, I think the next episode, I haven't scheduled it yet, but we recently got in contact, I think, with the Brighton fan. Um, so we'll see. We've still got a few more clubs to knocking around that we need to complete i think there's like four or five more but yeah listen if we haven't got anyone but until then we'll try to you know get as much of the content out as possible uh if you're hearing this and you've not completed your draft slide into our dms if you have any questions always happy to do a mock we've been twitch streaming a few mock drafts recently we might be doing that tonight but obviously you're not going to be hearing this in time because i'm releasing everything fucking late so whatever wishing you the best of everything and like ross always says just have fun enjoy yourself enjoy the season enjoy the football that's coming to us this over the next you know next few months or whatever but yeah until then peace